Welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the daily podcast where we read Patrick Rothfuss's The Wise Man's Fear page by page. This is page 749. I've been told I ask too many questions, I said. I've been trying to step a little more carefully here. Vashet sat forward, suddenly businesslike. You know things you should not. Shaheen does not mind that you know of the Lathani, though others feel differently. But there is agreement on the subject of our Ketan. It is not for barbarians. It is only for the Adem, and only for those who follow the path of the sword tree. Vashet continued. Shaheen's thought is thus. If you are part of the school, you would be part of Ademra. If you are part of Ademra, you are no longer a barbarian. And if you are no longer a barbarian, it would not be wrong for you to know these things. It had a certain convoluted logic to it. That also means Tempe would not be wrong for teaching me. She nodded. Exactly. Instead of bringing home an unwanted puppy, it would be as if he had returned a lost lamb to the fold. Must I be a lamb or a puppy? I sighed. It's undignified. You fight as a puppy fights, she said, eager and clumsy. But aren't I already part of the school? I asked. You are teaching me, after all. Vashet shook her head. You sleep in the school and eat our food, but that does not make you a student. Many children study the Ketan with hopes of entering the school and someday wearing the red. They live and study with us. They are in the school, but not of the school, if you follow me. It seems odd to me that so many want to become mercenaries, I said as gently as possible. You seem eager enough, she said with an edge to her voice. I am eager to learn, I said, not take the life of a mercenary. I mean no offense. Vashet stretched her neck, working out some stiffness. It is your language getting in the way. In the barbarian lands, mercenaries are the lowest rung of society. No matter how thick or useless a man might be, he can carry a cudgel and earn a halfpenny a day guarding a caravan. Am I right? The lifestyle does tend to attract a rough sort of person, I said. We are not mercenaries of that kind. We are paid, but we choose which jobs we take. She paused. If you fight for your purse, you are a mercenary. What are you called if you fight out of duty for your country? A soldier. If you fight for the law? A constable or a bailiff. That's the page. I'm Jeremy. I'm Jordana. I'm Nick. Uh, what's to be said about this page? There's the logic for it. Is the kind of peeling back the curtain such as it is. This is the... Uh, I've been thinking about this as like a conclave, as like a bit of a judicial decision, and this is the logic of it. We'll train him. If he can, in fact, take to our teachings, then... He is not a barbarian. He is. And Tempe was right to teach him in the first place. Yes. What does this say about their relationship to citizenship? You know, it's kind of like Rome. I think in that sense. Uh, Elaborate. Anybody could become a Roman citizen if the Romans decided you could. So first, like back in the day, you had to be born in the city of Rome to be a Roman citizen. But then... The, the Republic and then the Empire got so territorially big that that wasn't really feasible. So then they decided, okay, anyone who is a Latin can be a Roman citizen. And the Empire kept getting bigger. So, and, you know, logistically it wasn't feasible anymore. So they're like, okay, if you like join the army uh, and serve, you know, your 20 years in the Roman army, then you'll be a citizen at the end of it. 
and then and on and on and on. So they kept expanding the definition of like what qualified you to be a citizen with all those rights and privileges, basically because it was logistically convenient. There was so it, it started it pretty quickly. It no longer mattered where you were born or what ethnicity you were. What mattered is like what makes you useful to the state. It's a tenuous connection, but it is kind of a similar logic. Like it doesn't matter where he was born. It matters if he can make himself one of us. And I wonder if they would extend this to others after the fact. Or if they have before. It seems like this is a pilot project. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Like, maybe they have. I feel like if they had before, it would be an easier decision to make. Maybe it's an unusual precedent. Maybe they had to look like Shaheen had to like go through the archives to find precedent. Maybe it's as simple as like other schools, other philosophies, you know, other towns have maybe taken in the odd barbarian from time to time, but Shaheen's school never has. And Shaheen's school is very traditional. Mm-hmm. Reasonable. I was, I had a, I had a thing and that's, I feel like like a like a page a few pages ago we were talking about how there were like different levels like like that there was like a whore was slightly different than a courtesan was slightly different than a whatever like the modegan courtesans were fancy and special somehow remember we had that bud light versus craft beer discussion sure yeah that's happening here with mercenaries right yeah yes yeah. except in adm culture all mercenaries are high status. Like if, if you are an like, like in the sense that like they don't regard other cultures, mercenaries as being high status, but if you trained in a school and you earned the red, you are a high status person. And it's like a noble job. Yes. They view it as an inherently noble profession. Interesting that we went straight to sex work and not to uh, the <laughs> mercenaries, which was right there. <laughs> Cause that's a relevant Jordana. You're right. That's a relevant metaphor as well. That like the, that outside of Edemra, mercenary work is low class, low status work, and that there's an inversion here as well. It does kind of tie into other ideas we've talked about. Like that's that's a little bit like a knighthood, especially in like the early medieval period before that had become like a an inherited like social class. It started out like you know if you were the kind of person who could like get together some armor and arms and a horse and like fight well and earn that distinction, like you were a knight Uh, and you were, and then you were awarded the kind of social distinction that came with that martial prowess, but the martial prowess came first and it was kind of a way to advance yourself socially. You know, anybody could become a knight if they, you know, in theory, if they could get the equipment and work at it, which is why people became squires right you would squire it was like an apprenticeship you squired yourself to a guy who was already a knight and he was going to you know in exchange for that he was going to teach you what you need to know which i think is kind of where quoth is at right now like he's not of the school but he is at the school and i think that that's also i think to some degree and i i will state up front that i know basically nothing about the buddhist monastic traditions from which East Asian martial arts emerged. But my understanding is that not everybody at every Buddhist monastery was learning martial arts, but that if you became a monk as opposed to an initiate, if you were not just like one of the guys who like, you know, worked the grounds or cooked the meals, but if you were a monk in full, then that might be part of your monkly duties. Cool. It is cool. Both is very concerned with his dignity continually. Like maybe he's still a little bit sore from from being beat by a girl, but uh, he says here, must I be a lamb or a puppy? Like he's, he's getting a little bit sick of being uh, 
being diminutivized. I mean, what teenager has here. not felt that way? Yeah, absolutely. Treat me like a grown-up, yeah. not like a kid. I just think it's an interesting bit of uh, characterization. Like, I think that narrator Quoth does not re- like narrator draw attention Quoth's to an adult. the less narrator Kosa is an adult, but like he doesn't draw attention to Quoth's less admirable <laughs> thoughts. He just lets them exist on the page, like the things that might paint him in a. Uh, a petulant or a, a immature light. And I think this this is one of them. He doesn't say like, I, you know, but I guess on the previous page, he says I was feeling, he talks about feeling. His manly pride was wounded. Yeah. Yeah. Manly pride and all that. And he doesn't, maybe it doesn't require being called out on this page, but it's just, I don't know. It's just, it's an interesting bit of, of the characterization where the character's actions do the talking, despite the fact that we are inside that character's head. Yeah, I mean, I think there's lots of reasons for that. Like, that is an example of showing, not telling, especially because we were told less than a page ago that Quoth is feeling a little bit annoyed that he keeps being humiliated in this fashion. But also, I think that that is a completely appropriate and correct response to having your days spent being corrected on just how shitty you are at everything, from how you speak to how you fight to how you philosophize to the culture that you come from and the hobbies you choose to practice, I too would probably be a bit fed up. Yes, very reasonable. The other through line I want to point out too is a small one, but I think that her use of the term lamb is uh, maybe tied to the, 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 the thread that I've been pulling on that I think that this is a pastoral culture in which goats and sheep are the primary beasts of burden and like animals that that goods are 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 produced by rather than cattle or or horses i mean sure i feel like it's used enough in like outside of this book that it's hard to say that that's clear evidence like you wouldn't really say the same thing with the word calf or foal i mean you might if you were came from a, a horse herding culture, or right? A but what I'm saying culture. is, uh, the real world version of what of what Vashad is saying also uses lamb. Yeah, so it's harder to make that connection. Yes, it is. If this was the only data point that I had, but as I have been pointing out for the past twenty pages, there are other data points yeah. that I think are building a pattern. Reasonable. Go near yourself. <laughs> Yeah. What animal is that, Jordana? That goes. Uh, it is the rare uh, Jordana finch. The finch sitting. Yes, the fence sitting finch. This is a letter from a Serbic speaker who writes a response to Arthur. Uh, Beloved pagers, writes a Serbic speaker, you recently read a long letter from Arthur. I, like Arthur, suffer from being an engineer, so I enjoyed his letter about the Dracus sympathy magnetism conundrum. Here I submit a possible resolution. In Tamarant, the magnetic force behaves differently than mechanical force. If one were mechanically pulling the Loden Stone toward the Dracus scale, it would feel as heavy as the iron wheel and thus impossible to move, as Quoth demonstrated to Denna with coins. In our world, magnetism would follow the same laws. In fact, what we think of as mechanical forces are actually electromagnetic repulsion between the electrons of two objects. But in Tamarant, magnetism and electricity are magical and connected to Telu and the Fey and suffer no slippage and violate conservation of energy. That's why magnets and objects of pure iron are so precious to the university, and why Quoth was able to call down lightning on the bandits. I am realizing now that my argument essentially boils down to a wizard did it. Oh well, at least I will be paying more attention to any mention of magnets now. 
Verisimilitudinously yours, acerbic speaker. I mean, I like any engineering question that could be answered by a wizard did it, so I'm uh, I'm all for it, frankly. Yeah, I wonder if there's like a correlation chart for how many of our listeners are engineers. <laughs> if you think you may suffer from being an engineer, there are solutions. Call Page of the Wind today, care of Jordana, Finch sitting Finch, and uh, send $5. <laughs> I have a question also, actually, because I don't see the word, so I actually can't tell how it's spelled. Is it A space Serbic space speaker? What What is the, or is it a Serbic space speaker? And also, what is that? What is that? It's a Serbic, meaning sharply or bitingly critical, sarcastic, or ironic in temper, mood, or tone. So a Serbic is all one word. It is one okay. word. Very good. I learned something new today, and I hope someone out there did as well. <laughs> yes, it's not a singular speaker who is Serbic. It is an acerbic speaker. Got it. Am I mispronouncing it? Who knows? It's a word I've only ever read before. That is the correct pronunciation as far as I'm aware. <laughs> thank you. And thank you for writing. I consider that solved. Well, we're putting our big Page of the Wind stamp of approval on it. Kachunk. Yes, and if you would like your very own Page of the Wind stamp of approval, send in your document to pageofthewind.com, care of Jordana, and uh, $5. Enclose the $5 as cash check, uh, traveler's check, uh, money order. Uh, Ko-Fi, Patreon. <laughs> yeah. uh, cowrie shells, sesterci, doubloons. That's right. Uh, stock in FTX. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't send me any crypto. We're not taking crypto. Gross. Yeah, no crypto. We're in no That's crypto right. zone here. <laughs> no crypto zone here and for always at Page of the Wind Enterprises. And uh, we will continue to be a zone wherein various things are, uh, various fungible tokens are traded on another episode of Page of the Wind.